I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the Yankees 8-4. to They take a 2-1 lead in their best of five series. Charlie Morton with the win. Three home runs. Randy freaking Arazarina. I mean, my goodness. Kevin Kiermaier with a three-run blast. And Michael Perez, the Rays. Now just one win away from the AL Championship Series. The Bucks, meanwhile, they won't have Chris Godwin, Justin Watson, or Shady McCoy for tonight's Thursday night football game at Chicago. And Leonard Fournette is doubtful, but he will be a game-time decision. We've got all that to talk about with the Rays and Bucks with Tom Jones of the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick, Hey, you know who's got the best party platters for your catering in Tampa Bay? Well, of course, it's Mr. Empanada. What the heck is an empanada? Well, here's what you do. You take your favorite foods, right, and you place them inside a pocket of homemade dough that is cooked perfectly until it's golden brown and piping hot. Their empanadas are a fresh twist on some old favorites. Order delicious menu items made from scratch, including soups, salads, and Cuban sandwiches online at Mr. Empanada. Dot com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food, quality, and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. You know, I could have used some of that tonight. Oh, yeah? So I worked the NHL draft, and uh, so today was day two of the NHL draft, which is rounds two through six. I've done this is my sixth year doing the draft. Now, the previous five, you go to the city. You know, last year was Vancouver and it's moved all around, but this These year... a really good gig, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Now it's virtual, I yeah, guess, This right? year was supposed to be Montreal. I was really looking forward to going there in June. Oh, yeah. But, so this year it's virtual, and, and and so round one was last night. We talked a little about it. Lightning didn't have a pick, but it took the yeah. usual four hours or so to do the first round, and that's typical. You okay. know, they have the people go up there and the, the uniforms on stage and stuff, so virtually yeah, yeah. it was just, you know, through Zooms and all that, and it's, it, you know, it, it's a big deal. So much like the NFL, the first round takes a lot longer than the others. Sure. So today is the second through sixth round. And you go, okay, it's going to be, you know, it normally takes four to four and a half hours. So I'm, you know, it starts at 1130 thinking, okay, you know, it'll be done by, you know, we'll be done by four, 430. You know, maybe yeah. it goes five hours, a little longer, you know, the virtual things or whatever else. Right. It went over eight hours. What? We were, we were on the air till eight o'clock. Why? My gosh. It took I don't know why. It was everybody was taking the full three minutes. There was a ton of trades and then and here's the thing. And, and I never trade? get this in a draft. So you trade up for a pick, you know, okay, so I trade you a pick, you know, ten picks later plus a you know a six round pick to get your pick now, right? Why mm-hmm. does the clock restart? If you trade that it for makes, the pick, you already know made, who you yeah, want. You know who you're taking. That never made any sense to yeah. me. Yeah. You the clock shouldn't restart. It your pick's in now. Or you yeah. forfeit it or whatever. I mean, you know. Right. It's like, come on. But uh, it, the second round took well over two hours. Goodness. And we're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, we weren't, didn't bring dinner. You know, we're thinking, hey, you know, we'll be out of here by like four. Mr. Empanada, my we, I, we should have called Mr. Empanada. I needed that today. Yeah. yeah or go to MrEmpanada.com. You can mm-hmm. order right off the menu. It's Next fantastic. time I will. So, Yeah. Make sure you hit those people up, man. Stuff's really good. 
Um, okay, so we've got uh, lots to talk about. We'll start with the Rays. Tom Jones will join us here in just a second to talk a little Bucks football, Bucks and Bears. The Bears, boy, the last time they were up there, whoo, not so good. I wrote a story in TampaBay.com about that debacle. That was not NFL football. They were down 45-3. to Have you ever seen a team down 45-3 to to Mitchell Trubisky, who threw six touchdown passes that day? That feels like you should be saying that in John Gruden's voice. I'll tell you what, man. This guy, Mitchell Trubisky, right? I needed a whiskey after watching Trubisky. This guy threw six. One, two, three, six. That was that was the worst defense, and I'll never forget that Dirk Cutter uh, came in after that game. He said, hey, you should fire everybody on the field, starting with me. And I thought, well, you just give it a couple of weeks, Dirk. Um, at that time, they were 2-2. Two and two. That was when you know Fitz came out and started 2-1, and one, and then they played started Fitz in Chicago, and he wasn't good, and Jameis came in, and then Jameis became the starter. But um, they wound up, uh, I think they went 3-9 and nine the rest of the way. But after the game, you know, Dirk was like, yeah, you start fire everybody, fire everybody on that field, including me. So then we asked him about Mike Smith um, the next day, and he was like, well, what would firing one guy do? Well, and that was the bye week, too. So the bye followed it was the, Yeah, they even, it was a perfect time to do it. It so, was a bye yeah, week. Yeah, if you were going to do that, it, that's when you do it. Yeah, and he, and he stood by his man and uh, didn't fire him. Then they went out and gave up 34 more to Atlanta. Then they fired him. And then, of course, they got Dirk, too. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, everybody that, that defense was as rancid as any that's been in, I mean, they were historically bad, which is saying something for a franchise that's lost as much as this one. Um, but you go back and look, there's like four guys that are still on this team. And, and, you know, it was, it was, um, it was Vita Vea's first game ever. Like he had been hurt and he was a rookie and he played like 33 snaps with zero stats. Um, you know, Brent Grimes got benched at halftime for not, for just deciding not to cover people. He's not paid um, to cover the number one receiver. Yeah, I wasn't paid to cover the number one receiver. And uh, I wasn't paid to give up six touchdown passes. But uh, it, it was it was so – like I remember turning to Tom Jones, who was then our columnist for the Times, and I just said, I've been doing this a minute. This is not NFL football. Like I don't – like whatever this is, it's not the national – these are not professionals, okay? This might be Big 12. It might be, you know, mid-American. Like I don't know what I'm watching here. But it certainly isn't professionals, and it wasn't. It was it was like the it was the worst example. And of course, you know Matt Matt Nagy uh, thought that you know they went twelve and four that year. They won the division. It was his first season. Everybody's like, "Wow, look at look what he's done." And then now you fast forward, and the Bucks defense supposedly is much better, at least statistically. And they got a whole and they rebuilt the entire you know defense pretty much um, since that time. And then. Um, the Bears are still three and one, but they've made a change. And Trubisky's on the bench. Mister Six intercept, Mister Six touchdowns is on the bench this this time um, for Nick Foles. So totally different set of circumstances. But yeah, I was just kind of thinking about that. So so let's uh, let's talk about the Tampa Bay race. Your I should say American League Championship Series bound Tampa Bay race. Would that whoa, be whoa, too whoa, presumptuous whoa, of me? A little presumptuous. Yeah, just I mean, a little bit. Just a two Guess one what? lead. Just a two They're one. Going, lead. I'll go further. They're going to the World Series. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let me replay the tape. Oh, yeah. I was the one that said they were going to win the World Series. Before you said they weren't going to the playoffs. That's okay because both ankles were broken, <laughs> but jumping off. But I jumped back on that train. I got yes, right back did. on it. Yes, you did. That's what you do when you fall. When you fall, you fall, but you get back up. And I got back on that thing, and I've been riding them all the way here, and we might as well go all the way. 
as far as you know my predictions they're 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 they're, they're spot on clearly and of course i knew then that the guy sitting in port charlotte at the time was going to turn in roberto clemeni i mean randy arazarena holy well glasnow calls him the best baseball player on the planet right now i mean well he is there it's unquestionable there's not another human who who can stand in there in a batter's box and do what he does I right don't know. now? Giancarlo Stanton's doing some crazy. Well, things right yeah, you're right. Box. You got a real point. They're they're actually. I mean, but. he's probably got a little more power, I guess. But at least Giancarlo strikes out once in a while. You know, <laughs> um, this cat, his outs are loud. I mean, he hit he hit a laser the other day, like in one of his at bats, that almost you know took the shortstop in the left field, and that was the the out that he made. Um, he's he's so hot, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's just. Um, historic. I mean, you're starting to put up numbers that they're having to, you know, look through Major League Baseball, much less the Rays records. But man, what a find and what a what a time for that guy to heat up and basically carry them in some ways. Um, critical play in that game, though, and I don't I don't know if you saw it, uh, Steve. I I had to go back and watch this a little bit closer. I watched it in real time, and I thought it was strike three, but you know, basically Willie Adamas is up there, who's not actually swinging a hot bat to say the least. And you know, um, it you had who was it on on uh, first base was um, uh, Joey Wendell, and so he's running on the pitch, and there's two strikes, and it's a full count basically, and uh, but there's only one out, and so the pitch is it's borderline to a strike. Like when I say I would lean strike to borderline, but it's it's borderline, but it's a strike I think, but because it's a low pitch and because that. Kevin Cash started the the runner, which is genius on his part, except that he would have been thrown out. Um, the catcher comes comes out fast. You know, he he does he's not gonna sit down there and frame strike three. So when he raises up, that umpire can't see um exactly, you know, where it was. And he throws down there and and I mean, Wendell's out. You know, he the ball the ball's gonna beat him. But they call it ball four. And why was that important? Well, because instead of being out of the inning, um, you know, Tanaka, you know, throws a hanging breaking ball that Kiermaier was sitting on, and he crushed one for a three-run homer, and that's your ball game right there. Well, kudos to Kiermaier because in the post-game interview on TBS, he said, "You know, what were you, what were you, you know, thinking of that at bat?" He goes, "Look, I know Tanaka likes to. He throws me a get-over curveball, mm-hmm. the first pitch every time." He goes, "And I was and mad I at my, it. I was mad at myself for taking it in the first inning, but I wanted yep. to see some pitches." He goes, mm-hmm. I, I was so excited to get up to the plate this time because I wasn't going to take it. I was swinging. <laughs> he and jumped he, all over it. And he jacked it. I mean, you know, yeah, kudo to Kiermaier. He knows what Tanaka's going to throw him. He knew exactly what to look for. And he, yeah. he, he took that pitch and did exactly what you're supposed to do with it. That's a great he, baseball player. It right was there. a great approach. And, and, he, and he won the battle. And, you know, for all that, like, look, I don't, I haven't looked up his batting average, okay? He's played less this year probably than than some. I mean, they only played 60 games. I get that. But, you know, with some of the players that they've added, um, you know, he's not out there every day. He's out there most days. But but he'll be remembered, I think, as one of the better Rays, but um, mostly for his glove, right? I mean, the guy's a platinum glove winner. Um, However, he shows up in some big moments. Even during the season, he's done this. He has two postseason home runs in his career, both in ALDS game threes and both big big three-run home runs, both of them. That's huge. I mean, those are, you know, and that's what the playoffs does. That's what playoff baseball is, right? It makes heroes of a Michael Perez, right? Um, uh, how about the nine spot in the Rays order? If you had the, uh, you know, 
combination of the Rays catchers going yard every night. I mean, the Yankees got to be thinking, wait a minute, you know, where, where, where's all this clutch hitting? I'm well, telling you we right talk, now. We talked about the Yankees 8-9 hitters going yard in game one. Well, the Rays well, did true. it tonight. That's true. You know, but they just I'm, turn I'm, they turn the table. And if you had Zanino and Perez both homering in the first three games of the ALDS, then you sure. win bingo. Yeah, you did. But listen, I, I would I think the Yankees eight nine hitters are better than the Rays eight and nine hitters. Sure. Um because you got a, you know, that lineup is stacked. Um and yet look, I'm gonna tell you right now, this is ten out of thirteen this year, and I recognize that Giancarlo Stanton and, and you know, some of the big boys weren't always there, but they're there now. I think that I think the Rays are completely in the Yankees' head this year. I think the Yankees know we. It doesn't matter what we do. We can We're not going to beat this baseball team. We're not going to win a series off them. It's just not going to happen because you know. And, and again, we've we've talked about you know Kevin. You know Kevin Cash goes with the left-handed. You know the left-handed bats, or the you know he turns to right-handed lineup. You know against left-handers and it doesn't whatever matchup he puts out there is going to win. He's just going to win. Like he. He uses the whole roster, the whole 27 guys, and their bullpen is wipeout, you know. If they get up on you and then tack on, you're done. You get this sixth inning with a two- or three-run lead, it's over for the most part. Um, and, you know, the game, too, here's the other, here's the other key moments is when, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a 1-1 tie, basically, and Charlie Morton's got the bases loaded, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he is struggling with his command. I mean, he's all over the place. After cruising through the first couple innings when the sun was in the hitter's eyes and nobody could see the baseball, um, then he ran into a bit of a trouble and he started walking guys. And in that moment, if they get a big hit or a big fly, you know, uh, this thing's going to go sideways on them. And typical of Charlie Morton, even when he's in trouble, he still manages to make big pitches. Yeah, he, he he limits the damage. It's a, it, he really does. He's really good. He doesn't get flustered out there, and he's really no. good at when he doesn't have his best stuff. And I, you know, Dave Wills was on the broadcast, and I, th- I think uh, I think he was crediting Jason Collette on a tweet when he said it because I was listening on the radio on the way home. But you know, mm-hmm. Charlie Morton went from cruise control to no control. And that's good. But he made but he gave up one run in that situation. Yeah, he did. You know, he limited the damage to keep his team in the game. And then allowed Kevin Kiermeyer to come up and get the home run the next inning and, and yeah. blow the game open at four four one. Then they get Rosarina's home run and Perez's and that's and, the game and they right eight there. to four. Yep. Yeah, him him working out of trouble and you know, he got into trouble with, with, with bad command. It wasn't like they were racking him, but yeah, him him getting out of that moment. Another thing that was mentioned on the broadcast, I don't know if it was Ron Darling or somebody, but um, you know, t- this might have been Tanaka's last game in a Yankee uniform. He's a free agent, yes. and yeah, then that, you have it, to think also. Every time Charlie Morden takes a mound, that might be the last time you see him, folks. You know, he, mm-hmm. he very well could 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 quit after this year, and and I would think in particular if they go to the World Series, you know. Um, but we don't. I mean, I don't know what he's going to. Maybe he wants to stay here, and you know, he's back home in Bradenton and all that stuff. But well, the good thing um, is if he goes to the World Series, you're going to see him a couple more times. So. That's right, but I'm saying like yes. each time he pitches, yes, depending on what the series count is at the time or what it will be when he gets back on the mound, that could be it. And I think those guys are keenly aware of that. At least, I mean, I don't know how much they think about it when they're out there, but I think about it. I would think about it, especially with a guy like Morton. Yeah, I don't know if they think about it on the mound, but I mean, it may think leading up to the game. I mean, yeah, you know, right. Like I wonder, you know, I wonder if this is going to be it. But yeah, it was. Um, and and then the other thing they did was. Um, that was good to get separation because they saved their bullpen. 
Their bullpen's in great mm-hmm. shape, other than Diego Castillo, who's pitched two nights in a row. Yeah, he's probably not available tonight, but everybody else pretty much should be. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm going to credit Shane McClanahan, uh, who made his Major League debut, the first pitcher ever to make his Major League debut in the postseason. It's amazing. Ever. Uh, and, and you know, he pitched uh, when what, the game was out of hand the other night because Curtis couldn't finish it off, even though mm-hmm. they were down 9-3. to three. And he comes in tonight, and it's a huge lead. It's eight to two. I mean, they're they're putting him in positions where it's not it's not putting him in one run games late in the game. You no. know, tonight they were up leverage. six runs, but you yeah. know, to eat some innings and to get him experience, and that you know, right. that it's putting position people in positions to succeed. And you know, the first batter, what Willie Adamas makes the air. You know, typical Willie, he makes the spectacular plays, but then when it comes to the easy plays, sometimes yeah, you go, oh. You know, he double-clutched it, and then he tried to give it a little more oomph and overthrew Choi. Yeah. And so the runner's on second. Giancarlo Stanton then takes a fastball and deposits it in the stands because he's red hot. He's as hot as a Rosarina. He is. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden you give up the two-home run. But Not that didn't – that game. didn't yeah, it didn't phase him. He then got the next few outs and gets out of the inning. And, you know, it was it went from 8-2 to 8-4. No big deal. And he handled it exactly the way you're supposed to. I've got a six-run lead, so what? I gave up a two-run home run. And yeah. the first runner wasn't my fault. That should have been an out anyway. Right. It wasn't like he was walking guys. I mean, that's the thing. No. When you put a guy out there, you, you're okay if he gives up a run or two because yeah. you have the big lead, but you just don't want him to make it easy, right? Make yeah. him earn it. But a young guy like that, sometimes you work, you know, you give up that home run and then you start oh, thinking. And he meltdown. didn't. You know, he, yeah. he cr- credit him. I mean, you know, and they're not going to put him in the high leverage situations right now. And, and that's, no. But he's there to eat some innings when you need to. They're very high on him. You know, he's got good stuff. You know, he's throwing Come 99, on, man. 100. He's a- He's in the major leagues yeah. in a playoff series. Yeah. I mean, come on. And then he's throwing 86-mile-an-hour sliders off the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, it's – Yeah, you know, guy's great. Yeah, he's got I great mean, stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's going to be a big part of this team going forward. It's great he's getting the experience now. But, you know, he didn't let the moment, you know, get too big for him. And granted, you know, it's an 8-2 game. It wasn't like, you know, but it's, it's tied the playoffs. to the ninth. But, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. And I'm crediting and him. And he's I never think it's pitched. Fantastic. I know. It's, it's, I mean, to me, everything after this will seem like, oh, just a regular season game? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you know, I guess you could put fans in the seats. That might be different instead yeah. of cardboard cutouts. But, you know, really, I mean, that that would be the real playoff pressure, right, if you were on the road and you felt that. But, yeah, I mean, what he's done is terrific. And he's got, you know, here he is, another good arm, you know, another guy that can come in there and um, a whole stable of pitchers that can throw 98. So he's just part of the, part of the stable, I guess. Yeah. So Ryan Thompson goes tonight. Kevin Cash already stating that he wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Cole pitches tonight on two days really? rest. I don't know if he starts. Would you do that if you were if you were Boone? Would you do that? I think it depends. I mean, look, I think if you got to win, right? I mean, it's an elimination game for them. If you're down a run or two in the middle of the game and you need to eat some innings, you know, put him in to hold it because he doesn't pitch game five if you don't get there. I mean, don't you, you know, want to start him though if you're going to pitch him at all? Probably, although I don't think you're going to get you know seven, six seven does. innings out of him. So no, but if you get if you could hold it down for three or four and you could get some runs, yeah. I mean, I you know I I don't know if you know. Part of me wonders is Kevin Cash stating that tonight, saying he said I'm not convinced he won't pitch in game four. Is that almost daring Aaron Boone to start him? Mm. And and I Maybe. say that saying if Cole starts game four, then Blake Snell gets to go against somebody else for game five if you get there. Yeah. That go ahead, I'll take my chances, Blake, against anybody on your staff. I'd rather go against anyone but Cole. Granted, you True. hope you win game four and don't have to get there, but if you do need that game five, now you've taken yeah. this best pitcher out of game five. Right. That's interesting. 
Well, it's it's basically got to be Johnny Holstaff. I mean, you may see him, in, in, and I don't know if he'll start him or not, but, like, it, you know, they have to win. So there's no there's nothing to hold them back for, you know, two days mm-hmm. rest or no. Um you know, if you can if you can run them out there and get some outs, that's you know, especially if you if you were to get a lead, that's the other thing the Rays have done really well is like you know not letting the Yankees except you know run away from them. Um, they've gotten up on teams, and you know they're not other than Adamas's errors. Like they're not typically going to give you anything defensively. Pitching's been good. Um, they just have. Listen, I it's been a while. I guess they started to develop this late last year in the playoffs, and and really you know those two games at the Trop were electric. Um, we we kind of think that maybe the Astros might have had something going with signs when they played Glass now and got six guys on in a row uh, in Game Five. But um, that experience, I think, really w- was tremendous for this young team that felt that that playoff, you know, the playoff buzz. Now there's not fans in the stands, but they felt it, and 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 um, and they they were confident starting the season. They've been confident all season. And they're really confident. You can just get you just get a feel, man. Well, like, you, you, you just, feel that buzz, much like the you know the Stanley Cup playoffs, which just finished. I mean, even right. though there weren't fans in the stands, the intensity was still there. And play, oh, it's still there. Playoff yeah. baseball games are more intense than a regular season game, and until you no experience doubt. it, you don't understand it. That's right. And, and, and now, now they know. Mm-hmm. And they got that experience last year, and they got that taste for it. They love and it. that drive this year, which led them to be the number one seed in the American League and go forty and twenty. And it ran away with the American League East. I mean, a sixty-game, you know, season. They were seven games up. It's remarkable. And they go ten and or you know what, eight and two against the Yankees in in the season. And now they're ten and three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, they got their number. There's no doubt. Well, they got to win one more game out of the next two. And if they can do that, they're going to play in the American League Championship Series. By the way, the A's, I guess, rallied back and beat the um, beat the Astros. That's correct. So. Yeah, the Astros were about ready to move on. Yeah, so they they preserved that series. Um, they managed to stave off yeah. stave off elimination and so, didn't punch their ticket. So tonight, I hope it. you've got, everyone's got two televisions because you're going to have the Rays start at what seven ten seven oh five seven ten, and then of course the Bucks are going to start at a little after eight for Thursday night football. So yeah, got to well, have the what I'll TVs do, going. I got three, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, but you're going to be in Chicago. I'll though, be in Chicago. Stadium. Oh, so you're not going to be in front of a TV. Yeah, well, there'll be about twelve <laughs> up there. These are horrible assignments, by the way. Like one day, I'd like to tell people, like, yeah, oh, you get to go to the games, you get it. Listen, when the deadlines are what they are, it, it's it's like you're almost not watching the game. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, you know, even though we don't have a print edition, we still have an e edition. And, and between the Rays and the Bucks playing on the same night, oh yeah, they're real excited downtown about this night. <laughs> they're oh yeah, they're jacked up about this. This will be great. All kinds of copy flying at them at midnight and stuff. But. Uh, uh, let's hope that there's a clear winner in the Bucks game. I don't care who it is. I just I root for my story. And, and on night games, you need like a blowout, not maybe the forty-five to a blowout and a quick ten one. blowout, but and a quick one and a quick blowout. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. There's, there's been some doozies. You don't need uh, the eight-hour NHL draft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I you know you don't need that. I was I was reminded of um, one of the worst day, nights of my life, which was um, because Tony Dungy just had a birthday. A couple of days ago, and if you recall, on his birthday in 2003, uh, he visited Raymond James Stadium with his Colts, and that mm-hmm. was the epic uh, yes. 21 down in the fourth quarter and lose game, <laughs> and he beat Gruden. Um, his first trip back to Raymond James on his birthday, <laughs> no less. And so Tony even made mention of it about how you know one of his favorite birthdays was that one. 
you know, all the Bucks fans went boo. But um, you know, Tony still lives here in Tampa. But no, nah, it was uh, that w- that was not a fun one to write. That was not a fun one to write. Change change all the change all the Grudens to Dungies. You know, like who's the better coach? But um, well, yeah, there was some weird stuff happening that game. Leaping, they had a leaping penalty. Like it was just weird. Anyway, we got the Bucks uh, going to Chicago, of course, but not everybody will be uh, active, and uh, this is unfortunate because you know when you have a short week and you you don't really practice, but you still also don't have time for guys to get fully healthy, uh, and they could use every minute. It's not going to happen for Chris Godwin. We knew that last week. I mean, with that hamstring injury, the, the two games were too close together um, after he got hurt, and so he's out. Justin Watson um, got hurt in the game last week. He had had a shoulder problem. Now it's his chest. Not surely sure exactly the nature of that, whether we're talking about broke, you know, ribs or what. But anyway, he's listed as being out. And Shady McCoy, who you know turned his ankle. Uh, and in fact, I mean, look, they're basically going into this game. I think this is a little scary. If I were the Bucks, I'd be a little nervous. But they're going in this game at running back with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, and I'm done. That's it. Those two. So one gets hurt. Yeah, because the, uh, the third string guy, uh, Varner, right? He's uh, suspended, correct? Yeah, well, he, he was a kick returner. He's a running back. Yeah. He got suspended for PED, so he's out. Um, and then Shady's out. So, yeah, you, you you went from four to two. And, you know, running backs very often every week get, get crushed and uh, because of the amount of, of punishment they take. And, and even just to give a guy a blow, right? Like you can't expect – Ronald Jones to be on the field for 65 plays or something. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they navigate this and if they have sort of – we were asking, you know, hey, you know, Devin White played running back in high school and, would you you know, who's your emergency guy? And as I – you know, Bruce was like, we don't got one, babe. We're gonna, this, is, this is all we got. We'll go with what we got. So they would have to, you know, play empty, I guess, with Brady and toss it around. But, um, yeah, it's the, the injuries are daunting. And then you have – you know, and Evans, Mike Evans is going to play, but he's still dinged up with the ankle, right? Scotty Miller's going to play, I think. Um, but he's got, you know, issues with his hip and, and, and his groin and stuff. So even the guys who are playing, you don't want to go out there and get them hurt or lost for the season. So it's a real kind of tightrope game. I mean, Byron Leftwich is going to have to sort of put the jigsaw puzzle together. And he did, he's done, done a nice job of that. He did a good job of that last week. I mean, they... They went into halftime, you know, I haven't seen really around here at, at you know covering the Bucks, many Bucks teams that would go in and sort of change a game plan, right? Like come out and like they found something and then go exploit it and what they found was they could throw the ball down the field. And you know, I think the Chargers were coming so hard at the play action and the run game and stuff like that um that they caught some of those corners flat-footed and they started bombing away. And that was the big adjustment, you know. Let's let's start throwing the ball down the field, and they hit some big plays. So we'll see. Um, Chicago, uh, the Bears are are a tough team. So I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Uh, let's uh, discuss all that now, of course, with my former radio partner, and you uh, also read him in the Tampa Bay Times for years, now with the Pointer Institute. Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tom, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play a uh, national TV game, of course, uh, and, and this one is a, a Thursday night football game against the Chicago Bears. Bucks are 3-1. and one. They came back from a 17-point deficit, something I have not seen them do. Um, and it's fairly commonplace, I guess, for Tom Brady throughout his career. Look, I, I didn't know exactly how fast this thing would come together. I, I watched them in practice. I've seen them at Berkeley Prep. I know they've spent a lot of time. But there's something about football that you can only get ready for football by actually playing tackle football, not running around in, in two-hand touch and don't hit the quarterback, but actual tackle football. And I got to be honest with you, um, injuries aside, and they, they need to get some guys back, this looks like every contending team I've ever seen Tom Brady play on. I mean, he does not show any signs to me of slowing down. He still has plenty of arm. He can still throw the ball down the field. And and aside from some, some really bad moments against a really good rookie quarterback, their defense, I think, is gonna is for real. Um, tell me, tell me that I'm not seeing a team that could be the top seed in the NFC if they can, you know, get to four and one and beat Green Bay. They're the only team like Seattle is pretty good. Uh, Seattle's not, really good. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about their defense. Green Bay is pretty good. Right. Green Bay. Green Bay's real yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Tampa yeah. Bay, look, Tampa yeah. Bay's right there with them, uh, and. Mm-hmm. You the thing that you hit on just a minute ago was Tom Brady and that arm strength. I mean, if there was any questions, and it wasn't like yeah. we had evidence that oh the arm may be gone, it was we weren't sure. Right. But right. there was a throw early in that game, Rick, on Sunday that I just noticed where he hit Mike Evans over the middle. It was just a mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. dime. It picked up about twenty yeah. twenty five yards or whatever, and there was zip right. on it. And at that point, I thought, okay. That look, the arm is still there. Now let's see if it's there at the end of the year. That's been the other sort of knock. That sure, that's the test in December, as, right? As the year goes on, but he look at the, at the same time, he's not going to be playing in twenty degree weather in December either. He's going to be playing in that's in true. Florida, and we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, he has in ninety degree weather in December. <laughs> the way it's going, right? The, the or ninety five. The way he he has played Rick through these first four games has has been impressive, and um. You know, there was that moment in Sunday's game where he threw the pick six where you're like, okay, something's crazy. Something's in the water here. There's something going on. <laughs> it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Even the, the greatest matter, quarterback yeah. of all time is going to throw pick sixes. But then, yeah, they turned it on. And, look, the, the Chargers gave him some help with a, with a stupid play at the well, end the of the first half. The fumble was huge play, yeah. Right. But, um, but I no, this team, this team looks, looks really good. And they're not even playing perfect football yet, Rick. I'm, you know, no. you know, we, they they've had drops. Um, Evans didn't have a huge game, even though he scored the two touchdowns. The one didn't have a huge game in a couple of these games. Well, so, injuries too. I mean, they haven't had Godwin and Evans really on the field healthy very much. I mean, how big we, is this OJ together, Howard injury? Do you think? Oh, it's devastating. And I mean, not just. I mean, from a football standpoint, it's really big because here's what I'm. Here's here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say. I think Gronkowski is playing on borrowed time. <laughs> Does that sound like Peter King? Um, yes, it did. I, 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 I just wonder if you're doing him a service or your team 
by playing him 95% of the snaps. You know what I mean? In September, in, in the beginning of October, what's he got left come December? I mean, he, this is a guy that was out of football for a year, right? Had had 18 to 20 surgeries. At some point, he's going to get hit in a place that is screwed together. You know what I mean? That's yeah. got literal, you know, plates and screws in them. And so you just wonder, like, is he going to hold up? You know, is he going to hold up? I keep waiting because for that moment, Rick, when he when Brady just starts going to him over and over again, where you get that one game or that one quarter, you get like two drives where he catches yeah. like seven or eight passes in 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 like a six minute right. span, an eight minute span, just to get him going. But I don't know if that's if Good. if he yeah. has that gas in the tank anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that he runs as well as he used to. He did block his ass off the other day, and they want him to block. You know, you ask Bruce Arians, he goes, "I, I just want to play tight end, babe. You know, I want to just just go out there and play tight end." And I got a sense and, though, you know, like OJ Howard, like there was something starting to come together with between Brady. Oh, OJ was OJ was improving, man. Oh, we've seen we've seen the gifts that this guy has in terms of his speed and his size, and his hands are are pretty good at times. Um, you know, needed to be a little more consistent. But I think, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, they picked up his option, his fifth-year option for next year, which is guaranteed against injury, which he now has the Achilles. But it, you know, having Gronk here helped him. It helped him because he wasn't the only focus of the tight end room. It helped him because he could learn things about run blocking and about, um, you know, reading coverage on the fly and leverage and things like that. I think... I think he went to school a little bit this year with Brady. Um, him and Tom got to be good friends. I mean, pe- what people don't see a lot of with Tom Brady is just how damn genuine he is as a teammate. Like, he, yes, he walks in and he's the celebrity with the supermodel wife and everybody knows him for 20 years on television and all the Super Bowls and all of that and, you know, the endorsements. But at the end of the day, he... Tommy, as they call him, Tommy, when you know him well, um, I call him Tom, but uh, <laughs> he's he really does just want to be a teammate. He really is a normal guy. Now, he's hard on these guys. We were talking to Cam Bray. It was like, when when did you kind of lose that? Because, you know, Bray went to Harvard, and he was up there, and Tom Tom was winning all these Super Bowls. And and he said, well, you know, that, that sort of, I got to admit, that you were a little starstruck at first, but then it became – um, you know, the guy's yelling at me and he's chewing my ass off. I think I, 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 you know, I don't think I like this guy anymore. I think I just want to be his teammate. And, and that sort of happened organically where he started demanding things from guys, but he spends time with them off the field and, and getting back to your OJ thing, he got to be good friend. I mean, you know, as friendly as you could be with OJ, whose you know, girlfriend is, is, uh, about to have their first child and they'll they've been to dinner and and you know with Giselle and so there was a bond there there was you know uh, obviously the working relationship that started back in Berkeley prep in in February March and and now you know this is a devastating season injury um you're not part of it anymore you put in all that work and they need him because you're right I don't know if Gronk is going to last I don't know if he can run that well I know what I know what OJ was doing and what he was doing was getting better every day and you could see it in, in the plays that he was making with Brady. So, you know, Cam Brate has got a lot of experience in this league and does a lot of great things of, of his own. He's not the best blocker in the world. Um, and, and I don't know 
if if that's going to be you know good enough with just the two of them, uh, Tanner Hudson or somebody along with them. So it's a it's a big loss. It was a big loss, and and it's um and and I think Brady feels bad. I think everybody feels bad for OJ because he's a he above everything else. He's just a great he's a great kid. He's a great individual. He really is, uh, and he and he works hard. And so you know you tend to you tend to want guys like that to be successful. Yeah, it's too bad, and uh, and I, I think it's going to hurt. I, I think it'll hurt the the team a bit, but I think you're right too. I mean, Chris Godwin will eventually get back here. Um, I think the offensive sure. line seems better. I don't know. Maybe, they played better. They played better. Yeah. So there's yeah, a lot to I mean, look, I, look, there's a lot to like about this team for sure. It's again, it's mm-hmm. the weirdest. I was watching the the Rays game in Game Two the other night, and they they talked. Did you? I don't know if you noticed. They talked about. What a great, like, what a weird year 2020's been, and just, just an awful year in in every imaginable way for the entire country, entire world. Although yeah. there's one little slice in, in Tampa Bay that, while sports fans have really had a good to raise her in the playoffs and and have a chance to, to to maybe best team in the American League. Yeah, and the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, and here the here the Tampa Bay Bucks in first place with a with a greatest of all time quarterback. It's and and it's just weird. But isn't it the most Tampa thing ever that it's 2020 and no fans can go see any of these people play? Well, they are obviously they had some fans and they'll have more against Green Bay, but not not a packed stadium, not what you're used to, right? No, not what it should be. No, not what it should be. But it's and that's what makes it partly Tampa Bay. But your old line is Tampa Bay can't have nice things. Well, this year we can't have nice things. We're actually having some nice. We've things. had we've yeah. The, if you're if you're a Lightning fan, you have a really nice thing. And if you're a Rays fan, you know you're you're two wins away from being playing to go to a World Series. I mean that's that's doesn't happen, right? Right, right. I mean, oh eight. I mean, so generationally, uh, our kids, your son and mine. <laughs> were young teenagers when the Rays went to the World Series. And I can remember walking in there uh, against the Phillies and telling my son, you know, you you and your kids' kids may never see this again. Like, this could be it. It's funny. I grew, point, up in, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, and I texted my buddy the other day, my, my best friend growing up, and I said, do you know where we were 41 years ago today? And he's like, and he said, "Wow!" And he and he wrote me back, and he goes, "Don't text me that, by the way, ever." <laughs> yeah, he like, said, "Don't ever text me that." <laughs> Where were we? Th- uh, <laughs> because I'm afraid someone's going to come walking through the door and say, "Daddy, no, that's not what I'm afraid of." I, it's, <laughs> but no, it's just. Well, I don't want to have to think that hard about. Well, it. he answered me back right away. He goes, "We were at the game three of the National League Championship Series between the Pirates and Reds, and the Pirates. That's back when it was best wow. of five. The NOS was the best of five. Pirates won that game, beat the Reds, swept them, went on to win the World Series against the Baltimore Orioles. That's the last World Series yeah. in Pittsburgh, forty-one years ago. Uh, Is that right? It's not only haven't they years? never, not only haven't they won a World Series since then, they haven't even played in a World Series since then." So and that's like I said, forty-one years ago, and you know there was. A, there and I don't know if you checked lately, like the Pirates aren't anywhere close. <laughs> There's not like yeah, no, well, another World Series is around to bend here. No, no, now when they now when they keep giving away players like Austin Meadows entire glass now for, for I don't Chris. know mm, Chris Archer, <laughs> um, yeah, not the best deal. Worst trade in Pittsburgh uh, history. There was there was a time though in that era of Pittsburgh history where, as a kid growing up, and we didn't have. 
I, I think the Bucks maybe were just coming aboard what in '76, but yep. Um, basically, I hated everything about the Steelers, about the Pirates because they were winning around the same time, and UCLA basketball. Yeah, like to me, there was it was always the same. It's like, oh, here we go. Right. It's it's the Steelers again. Oh, here we go. It's the it's the Pirates. We are a family, and it just got to be. Probably the way people felt about Boston the last few years, right? When the Patriots and the Red Sox and the, you know, yeah. um, uh, Boston Bruins won all the time, because I think at one time they held all you know three of the four major trophies. Well, and that's the so, way I was in Pittsburgh from ninth, you know, from the age six to sixteen, which is a yeah. like prime sports fan age. You Got know. spoiled, man. I mean, you know, the Steelers won four Super Bowls. The Pirates won two World Series. They went to the playoffs a bunch of other times. Could we yeah. be in for that kind of run here in Tampa Bay, Rick? Could we be in for a run of not necessarily ten years worth, but could we see yeah. over the from starting now until say twenty twenty five? Could we see two or three Stanley Cups, a World Series, a Super Bowl or two? Is that possible? I mean, it's possible for sure. But I don't know. How I mean, the Super Bowl or two. Like when you mention the Super Bowl two, I would say at most two. And and the reason I say that is is that's all that Brady has signed up to play. Um, but Peyton Manning did it. He did it in Denver. He went to two. One, he was sort of a caddy, and they got beat in the in the in the uh, Super Bowl. But then he came back and won uh, one as well. So if Brady's window is two, I would say within the next two years. After that, is Mike Evans going to be here, or some of your core linemen going to be here? Obviously, Sue and Pierre Paul. And they'll have to replace a lot of players. So I think their window is small, as small as as long as you know it's about as small as Brady's remainder of his career um that's not to say you can't turn things around quickly in the NFL because we know you can but I mean you're probably looking uh, at it I don't know how long Arians will be here too as well I mean you may have to well I mean he's 68 everything. years old yeah yeah he's 68 years old but you could also see a scenario where you know if they won let's say they go to two Super Bowls I'm just going to throw that out there best case scenario they're the Denver Broncos of Peyton Manning they go to two Super Bowls and Arian says, you know what, I've had enough. And he turns it over to Byron Leftwich. Right? Sure. Who at that point is, you know, the hot coordinator and whatever. Now, you know, if they don't have Brady, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I would go after Aaron Rodgers when his days are up in Green Bay. Um but yeah, you know, they, they may continue on with the same a little bit of continuity and and some core players. You know, I, I the quarterback is such a thing though in the NFL, Tom. That it's not like hockey or some of those other things. You can say, well, we got you know this many players together. If you don't have that guy under center, it. it I mean, these are the same. These are the same players that lost every year, really. You know what I mean? Who do they right. add? Gronk. I right. mean, you know, they they changed the quarterback, and it changed the entire culture. So, it seems like the entire culture. Huge. He because he is the culture because. You don't have to. You don't have to develop it. I mean, winning is called. First of all, winning is the culture, right. and this guy has won, and continues to win. That's what he does the best, right? He's he's never been that guy where you go, man. He throws. He he's got the best arm of any quarterback I've ever seen, or, you know, man, that guy, just you know, is such an athlete. You know, like he he can run. He can. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not the best of that. He's just, you know what he does? He's the winningest guy. That's 222 wins, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more, I, 
I'm not sure, but I don't know that the Buccaneers, I'd have to look this up, have had 222 wins in their entire uh, uh, franchise, you know, in 40-something right, years. Right, right. So, you know, that that's what he does better than anything else. And But it's not going to last. I mean, he's 43. Give him till 45. Oops, he played another year. Is he going to make it to fifty? I don't know that. I don't know why he'd want to play that long. But I don't know why he's playing I suppose now. It's possible. But it's, he is, and he's playing well. And I know you know why he's playing now. Yes, you do. Of course well, you do. I, is it all about? I'm just going to prove Belichick and that I can play. Yes. Well, I think it's some of that. I think that's a big part of it. I think the other part of it is, hey, let me see what the rest of the NFL was like before I get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. years into that pressure cooker with that coach, right? Let me let me see if there, you know, if there's other locker rooms that I can impact. Let me see if there's another place I can live and enjoy the weather more. You know, where it's not snowing or cold or rainy all the time. And he make no mistake, he loves it down here. Like it is not even it would not surprise me if he made his home here well after his retirement. And I don't want California. I don't want it. Yeah. I, look, I'm not trying to pick on Jameis here, but it really is amazing just to watch. And I, he's not doing it by himself. I get it. There are other great players. Out there. Mike Evanson is an Mike Evans. Same is great elite, players that were here for five years. Elite player. Yeah. yeah. They have a, they have yeah, a hall, really good possible really, hall of famer. Right. They have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. I, they're they're yes. And I, and they have winners on defense. JPP is a winner, you know, and Donovan Sue yep. is a winner. Like, yep. But mm-hmm. it's amazing, to, as you say, it's about the quarterback. It's amazing just to see the the confidence of this team. Somebody changes. mentioned it the other day that, mm-hmm. look, with Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston may have thrown for five thousand yards again. He may have led the he may have led the NFL in passing this year. They would not Absolutely. have won that game last week. I'm telling you, that game against the Chargers, nope. they would have found a way to mess that game up. And I and yeah. I hate to pick on Jameis and say he'd be, he'd be the reason why. I'm telling you, like the whole thing would have gone south. 24-7, that game, they may have come back and made it close. They would have found a way to lose that game. I think with and with Brady, that you had a sense, like, by the end of the third quarter, like, oh, they're winning this game. It's just, there's no right. doubt. Yeah. Well, because you watch him come back in, you know, a Super Bowl, no less, 28-3, to and you realize, what, 17 points to the Chargers? You know, like, we can do this. So, yeah, that belief is, is definitely there, and it, and it was – I don't think Winston ever came back from down 14 points in his career um, when he was with the Bucs. And so, you just got the sense, too, yeah, that somebody, somebody mentioned in the game the other day, you were, at, you were at the game, but it was on the broadcast where it was just a mention of, like, it was, he could, it was done, it was too poison, it was too toxic for him here anymore, for Jameis. And not to oh, he needed that to get out. But he needed to leave it. Yeah, he needed to And this to franchise go. was stalled as long as, as Jameis was, was mm-hmm. here. And it wasn't all Jameis's right. fault. It was just the way it all turned out. Uh, but right. I'm just blown away, Rick. I, I, it's four games. I get it. They're beating up on. Look, they beat the Broncos. They beat the Chargers. I mean, right. these teams aren't teams without like their starting quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Right. But so I'm, let's not get too too carried away. But at the same time, if you watch this team and you don't see the difference, you don't see a winning attitude, then then I think mm-hmm. you're missing it because I, I I've noticed it and. It looks and how he's elevated players around him. I mean, Scotty Miller, who knew, right. right? But you know, small college coming out of you know, um, you know, a, a, a middle America team, and and 
you know, fast guy, had some injuries, kind of overwhelmed a little bit, you know, early on from Bowling Green. And um, and then Brady gets him for one summer or one spring, you know. And now he's Deshaun Jackson. I mean, it's, you know, I, I would I would say he's Edelman, but he's not a slot receiver. He's much right, faster right. than that, and he plays outside. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, this guy has become – one of the league's best deep deep threats. And so that's that's what Brady does and I'm telling you when this is over, whenever this ends, okay? If I'm the Bucks, I'm going to go, "Okay, who's the next iconic quarterback once come play? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, come on down, buddy. You can play you know, years 17 and 18 for us." I'm serious. That would be a pretty cool if we became the we became the retirement home for every great quarterback. Hey. Iconic quarterbacks only. Yeah. Must have rings. Do not apply if you don't. Right. As long as you I mean, catch them when they still have a little bit of tank and they're not like Johnny Unitas. Oh, you got to have a little good. juice. Yeah, yeah. you got to have a little, got to be able to do it, you know. But, I mean, you know, do you want to go through the five-year process of drafting and developing a quarterback? No. 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 I mean, we're already I mean, seeing Kansas it. City found lightning in the bottle, but, yeah, I mean, not everybody's that I lucky, mean, you right? Even see, I mean, no one's that lucky because you even see it already, like, all of a sudden, like Houston's in trouble. Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, that's a, yeah. That's a scary exactly. situation. And uh, Kyler Murray is sort of. I mean, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But that's you know he's stalled out. Tua. They're in no rush to put Tua in. Apparently, no. in Miami, not yet anyway. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's uh, and look at I mean New England. They got Cam Newton for now, but I mean that they, they sort of lucked into not lucked into that, but they sort of stumbled into it. And anybody no, could have gotten him. He was still have, out there. Right, yeah. and they have no plan after that. I mean, because Stidham's not the no. guy from what I saw. I mean, it was first game. I don't right. That, but, um, yeah. yeah, look, it, that that's, seems like a for perfectly good plan to me. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, sure. I would endorse on. it. And then they should after approach that, him on Sunday. It's tampering. But after that, I don't know. Maybe Patrick Mahomes will be ready. I was going to say, a, a new place. Patrick I mean, Mahomes will be 32 years old. Come, come on down. On. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, that's that's sort of what I would do. So we do have this thing now. Of course, you're uh, with uh, Pointer.org, P-O-I-N-T-E-R.org. And, uh, oh, I don't know if you knew this. We're about 30 days or so from the election, oh the presidential 30, election. 30, although it'll seem like 80 at some point. Rick, i tell you what. Well, when I say that's just the day of the elections, I think it may take us a month to determine who actually wins. Perhaps. i tell you what, though, Rick. It's, I mean, you think back to last week, and you're just— you know, as a media writer, you're hoping there's something to write about. You go into the day like, I hope there's something to write about today. And seriously, within a span of five days, five days, three of the biggest stories, and in any other circumstance, you would look, they, yeah. they, the New York Times comes out with a report that says Trump like pays no money in taxes for the last 15 years. It's a huge story. That's a big headline. Yeah, because they've mm-hmm. been after his taxes for however by two days later, yeah. we have, by all accounts, the worst presidential debate in the history of presidential debates, <laughs> with three three guys yelling, you three you three old like men yelling one? at one another for an hour and a half. And by I think two Chris days, Chris Wallace won. By the yeah. way, <laughs> and by two, and then two days <laughs> later, after, two days later after that, like just when you think, like, like oh my gosh, the taxes. What else what, what's then the president gets COVID. Like there, it's truly. I do we even re- I don't even remember. Remember be- this year. This is 2020. 2020. 
this year, we had an impeachment trial. The president of the United States was impeached. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah. Like, that's not even, people don't even remember that anymore. Are you kidding me? I can't even uh, I'm imagine what's happening. Because I can't stop from crying. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Goodness, so, yeah. It was. Uh, so, what is this? Uh, now, we got, um, you know, it, it, the debate thing, like, I. I don't know. Are they going to have another one? Do you think? I mean, do you do you think COVID will prevent that? Or I, I mean, I, I, I they might try to fit one more in at some point. They're supposed to have two more. Trump tweeted the other yeah. day that I'll be there in Miami next week, and the mayor of Miami's like, "Not if you have COVID, you're not coming to Miami." <laughs> um, so I can't imagine unless he unless he were to have a bunch of negative tests between now and then. I don't know how that would work. I would think that the uh, the other candidate. I would think Joe Biden might not agree to that. Right? Well, I mean, like he yeah. might say. Uh, I wasn't Not sure. so fast. Kind of like I wasn't sure Biden was going to have another debate after the first debate before before we even found out the president <laughs> had COVID. But it's uh, right. yeah, I don't. I look. I I just can't imagine that you would be able to get those two in this, anybody in a room with President Trump. It, that would still be within a two week window, supposedly, of when he first tested positive. Um, but uh, I just I don't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that they're going to have a, another debate. They may have one after. Here's the thing, though, Rick. Does, do we need more debates? Does anybody care at this point? No. I, Is I mean, anybody? You, made this are you truly undecided? Says, are there really undecided people at this point? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't know that there's that many. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what sign you're waiting for. Anyway. Last, what could happen? What could happen in the last thirty days, short of, you know, poor health or something like that? Well, that's forbid. it. But I mean, what, what could really happen? that could change your mind. You know it, what I mean? Although would, listen, and I'll just say this and, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't care what your politics are, but this time a year ago, I think Hillary Clinton had an 11 point lead in all these polls. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, well, what could happen? She's clearly going to win. Look at the polls. And then about, I don't know, a few days after that, or a week before the election, James Comey comes out and announces that she's re he's reopening an investigation and then we all know how it turned out, right? So she loses. Um, so I'm not a big, you know. You just you you got you got to play it out. You just don't really know, you know, one way or the other what's going to happen. I think of everything that everything that has happened though, over the past six months between COVID, between uh, racial tensions, um, yeah, between the economy, and between um, the. Um, the president getting COVID and his reaction to that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. Like if you haven't figured out by now who you're voting for w- one way or the other, right. Then right. I can't imagine anything that anybody says in a debate. Like, wow. Is there one more that thing that really could sway, good, yeah. <laughs> sway you? Yeah. There's, it, it's somebody would have to, <laughs> what a speech. And, did you see that speech? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Right. You know? Oh, did you hear what he said about climate? Oh yeah. Okay. Now I'm on board. No, like, that'll <laughs> not happen. At this point, because you, you know, you know, it would happen. You know, it would get me. Where's my check? <laughs> yeah. Why? Where's Where's my check? That's, well, and that's the only other thing be. is if if one of them, and I'm not even sure this would make a difference at this point. If one of them literally passed out on stage or threw up on stage or something, yeah, like something obviously so health. Yeah. something so dramatic where you're like, oh, or so just started yeah. started saying, just started speaking another language, speaking in tongues or something in tongues. Yeah. yeah. Other Other than that, and I'm not even sure that <laughs> would I'm be not, like. Listen. We think we know what the standard is, and we haven't reached it yet. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not even sure what these it's debates. Been, 
what these debates are going to prove at this point. But I, if there are any more, I would imagine there would be maybe one more before the November right. election. Well, anyway, you can read about the the coverage of that. I will say this, then, and I think you made a note of this before we leave the uh, uh, some of the coverage, and and I, I didn't watch all the stations, but some of the coverage of of the news of of, uh, of President Trump uh, getting COVID was 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 pretty good, from yeah, what I understand. Really right? I mean, there was a the, lot of holes, and and people were trying to figure out when it happened and when he tested and all that. There was a lot of unanswered stuff, but for the most part. It was wall-to-wall. It's pretty good coverage. I thought it was pretty good, and what I thought was pretty good about it was, because, look, let's face it, there was little information coming out at first. I get it. Part of that is they're being secret. Most most presidents are very secretive about their health. I mean, we have there's a history in this country. Yep. I remember back when you and I both remembered very well when I don't think we had any idea at the time how serious Reagan was when he was shot. You know, no. Uh-uh, I think a I'll lot of us shot, had yeah. sort of had the, a feeling of like, oh, it's no big deal. He's fine. He's going to. And what, we didn't realize how close he came to being in real serious trouble. And again, JFK with some of the, his injuries, his back and all that and, and FDR and, you know, through, all throughout history, we, there's been uh, hiding information when it comes to president's health. But in this particular case, I, there was hardly any information coming out. And a lot of it was misleading. And yet I thought the cable, particularly the cable networks, did a really good job when they relied on their medical people. When they bring their medical people in to sort of talk about here's the, what the medication means. Here's what here are the symptoms that he might be having. Here's. Here, here's the time period. Those are the things that, that we're interested in. And I thought they did really well. I thought CNN, and I know not everybody likes CNN. If you're a big Trump fan, you you don't like CNN. I thought CNN did a really good job during those those uh, days. Yeah. Uh, right after he was. Uh, that was interesting times. I mean, the, yeah. you know, not going to forget him. That's for sure. It's still got almost a month to go uh, as we do this. Like, so check out Tom and his newsletter on uh, pointer.org, P-O-I-N-T-E-R. And uh, he's also a, just a regular contributor to this uh, podcast. We appreciate it. Tommy, thanks for the time. Always fun. Go thanks, get some brother. sleep, big guy. You too. All right, after the game, we'll, of course, uh, break down how the Bucks do against the Bears. My thanks to Tom Jones for that. Yeah, a couple of quick notes on the Lightning. So they had the NHL draft, and they got nine players. Uh, you know, when you drafted the second through the sixth round, they didn't have a first-round pick. These are guys that you're expecting, you know, three, four, or five years from now to make an impact in the NHL. So nothing you're right. going to see this year. But to, on Wednesday, uh, teams had to issue qualifying offers to their restricted free agents. And that doesn't mean you've signed them. You have to offer a qualifying offer. And that means then, at that point, they can receive offer sheets from other teams, at which point you can match and that. But for the most part, if you issue a qualifying offer, you'll probably come to a deal with your restricted free agent. You've had a couple in the past. Braden Point held out for a while and didn't start the season. There's a deadline they have to sign, although with COVID, when the season starts, I don't know when that'll be. But you have to sign within so many games of the season. Otherwise, then you can't sign for the year. Uh, But the team pretty much controls everything. So they offered qualifying offers today to Anthony Sorelli, Eric Chernak, uh, Matthew Joseph, Dominic Machine, Mikhail Sergachev, Ben Thomas, Alex Volkoff, and Ross Colton. They did not offer qualifying offers to Devontae Stevens, Dennis Yan, both AHL guys, and Carter Verhege. So Carter mm-hmm. Verhege is now, uh, on Friday at noon, becomes an un- unrestricted free unrestricted. agent. Wow. Now, the reason they didn't offer this is he has arbitration rights, which, the way I understand it, I'm not an expert on this, but... If they offer him a qualifying sheet and then they can't come to a deal, then they have to go to arbitration. Arbitration. Well, can't control. If you, yeah, if you lose that, then you know you're paying more than you want to pay 
Yeah. And, and you have Your a you have a cap tight. crunch right now. So that yeah. does not mean Carter Verhage could not re-sign here. He can. He's just an unrestricted free agent, can sign anywhere he chooses. So now the Lightning don't don't hold the cards at this point, but they can negotiate with him and re-sign him if he wants to stay here and, and they offer a deal that he accepts. But he has the right now to go anywhere else. So a little bit of a surprise, but when you know you hear the understanding of why, you know, I mean, Julian Breezeball has said over and over, they're going to have to make tough decisions this offseason. And, you know, you expect a couple of players to be dealt in the next couple of days probably or maybe next week even. Um, you just have to get cap compliant by the start of the regular season. You don't have to be with every move you make. So, um, But free agency does start on, on Friday, so uh, lots of interesting things. In the, in the salary cap in the NHL this year and probably for the next couple of years is going to be flat. So, you know, normally teams are used to dealing with increased money every year. Well, that's not happening just like every other league, so. Well, we hear a lot about, you know, the no trade clauses and all that, but Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn, I mean, some of those guys might actually uh, might actually be on the move, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, so Alex Kalorn has to issue a 16-team list that he – I don't know if it's he will be he, – he's willing to be traded to or will not be or traded not, to. Or yeah. not, One or the other. So it's you know, 16 and 14, you know, whether it's right. can or can't. He has to his, – his contract now moves from a no trade clause to a modified no trade clause. So he can gotcha. veto basically half the teams essentially. Sure. Tyler Johnson's contract that doesn't happen in his contract till next season. I think it's a twenty team list for Tyler next year. Oh, okay. But uh, according to reports, and Pierre LeBron and many others have reported that the Lightning have talked to him in his camp, and he's given them a list of teams he would be willing to be traded to. Huh. Um, and and probably the way the conversation goes in a not in a nicer way than this, but it's look, you know, I mean, everyone knows they've got a cap crunch. They're going to have to shed some salary. He's got multiple years left on his deal at around $5 million. But we can either send you somewhere you want to go now or next year we're going to, we get to pick a much bigger list than maybe you give us now. I mean, you know, if, look, if he said, okay, I'll agree to trade, but he maybe only gives them five teams or four that he's willing to go to right now. So, you know, it doesn't mean they will trade him, but – I think there's a, a good chance if they've had that conversation with them that they'll try to work out a deal. And, and much like J.T. Miller last year, it's not that you want to get rid of the guy. It's when you win and you have that many good players, it's hard to keep them all because you can't pay them enough. Yeah, and yet, you know what, they'd do it again. They'd line up and do it again, mm-hmm. and, and they, got, they got the cup. And, and really, Breezeball stuck his neck out there with draft picks and everything else, and he knew, he knew he was going to lose, lose some players because of the salary cap, but by gosh – those guys guys are bound forever because they're they're Stanley Cup champions and they're still partying. I think I saw them with uh, uh, Mayor uh, Tampa Mayor Caster. Was that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think that's there. I think they were on there. Uh, hey, well, and the N- the NHL today said that they're not going to start the season. Their target date now is January first. It was initially really? December first, wow. mm. um, and that that kind of lines up. The NBA has basically said they're not yeah, going to be able to start till yeah. January. Um, you've got the Canadian border, I believe, is closed till January first. So. Right. You couldn't have teams going back and forth from there until then. Um, it gives you a little longer off season and, and to figure out, you know, exactly who you can have in buildings and travel and and all the things that go with all the things that are out of the, you know their control. The NHL doesn't control what a local government says can be in your building for a game. You know, and, and that it changes at every municipality. So, giving that extra month probably helps them as far as you know. I mean, we don't know what happens tomorrow with COVID, but because it, everything changes so quickly in that. But the more time you have, maybe the, the better situation you'll be at. Maybe there'll be a vaccine by then that's starting to disseminate, and you know, particularly to those in the most vulnerable. 
Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the medical professions hopeful by the end of the year there'll be one. Now it won't be massively given out yet because they got to ramp up production. But you know, right. if that happens, and then maybe by January you can start to have more people in the building, and you know that, and so then it's easier to start your league. So maybe they can start with the Tennessee Titans who um, keep getting COVID cases. I hear that's really bad. That what went over down over there, and I know John Robinson very well, the GM. He was with the Bucks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jason Light's right hand man. There are so many violations that they that they have found. I don't know how they found them, surveillance or whatever. Um, that and they found you know two more cases I think of COVID uh, yesterday. They may they may be looking. And I'm not exaggerating mm-hmm. here. They may be looking at a forfeit. Yep, it would be a two nothing win by the Buffalo Bills. That's correct. They may have to just say, you know what, you lose. They were not playing a game, but you lost. How about that? How about that for compliance? Um, or as a threat for compliance. So this league is in trouble. I, I mean, I, some of the coaches I talked to recently, they're scared. They Not necessarily of COVID, um, but, you know, they are, are, they are fearful that, that um, this, they're not going to make it, that the season is going to get away. Well, I think what Pro Football um, Talk was saying that the, there's been a talk of maybe reducing the season to 12 games. Uh huh. And then trying to get yeah, to the postseason quicker and create a bubble quicker, in the postseason. Because, and, because and, what's going to happen is if you if you, you you're not going to be able to backload this. In other words, if you start missing game after game after game here, two games there, one game here, there's not enough weeks. You don't want to move the Super Bowl. First of all, you can, but you don't want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you did, let's let's say they said, oh well, you know what, we're going to add a couple weeks on the back end of the season and move the Super Bowl two weeks. Okay. So you're the number one seed. And the Titans or a couple other teams, Patriots, whatever, have to play a couple extra games. So we're going to sit back, and we have the bye already. Now we're not playing for four weeks, three weeks, right, um, while we wait for everyone to catch up. That's not what you want. You don't want your best teams being idle for that long. Yep. You know, so it's it's not going to go that way. It would more likely go where, okay, we're skipping this week, we're moving this, the whole thing moves back. You know, um, or we or we stop it early or whatever we do, but they want to move as a group. I don't think they want to punish individual teams and, and and drag this thing out longer than it should be. But but if they have coaches, to, they will. If they have to do that, that's what they're going to. They do. will. But but a lot of coaches, um, well, a lot of coaches. I mean, I can't canvas all of them, but the ones that I talk to, they're they're genuinely nervous. They they think that um, this is going to be a problem and it's going to keep happening, and if people. You know, don't lock it up. Now, I think when they get to the postseason, I'll make this prediction: when the, when the NFL gets to the postseason, at least past the wild card round, maybe they're going to have a bubble. Oh, I think I, really I think they'll do kind of like baseball does. I think even they'll the, the exactly playoff the week they'll have a bubble. It may not be no question a hard bubble, but you're going to be in hotels and you're not going to be. You know, it's going to be a you're soft bubble in home. your your area. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. And if you want to bring your family, that's fine. But you, everybody's going to stay in a compound, and we're not we're yep. not going for Mexican. I mean, you know, it's just you know, you can go to, you can call out and order Mr. Empanada. That's fine. That would be a wonderful meal to have. I mean, right? You can, and they'll they'll deliver. Absolutely, um, feed everyone and everyone. You know, you get all kinds of different empanadas. I mean, that's the great thing about that. You can please everybody. Exactly. And speaking of it, Mr. Empanada, I mean, why not, right? Um, if you're looking for party pl- party platters, easy for me to say, um, go call these folks. I mean, they got other d- menu items too, from you know soups and salads and Cuban sandwiches. But the empanadas are delicious. So, MrEmpanada.com, or you can call uh, any of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. So where Latin food quality and service meet, 
Mr. Empanado. We'll be talking to you tomorrow from Chicago where the Bucks and the Bears are going to get together and see if Tom Brady can go 4-1. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Big Party Podcast. 